Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Mondrulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? I'm riding a gravy train. <laughs> I have not been able to find... Going okay, off the rails on a gravy train. <laughs> uh, I was about to, yeah. I was trying to find uh, mushroom gravy, right? Because uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a vegan. And I couldn't find it anywhere. Like, nowhere. I went to five different grocery stores. No fucking nothing right and i finally found mm-hmm. a place and they they had mushroom gravy but it's made from beef stock and of course it has milk in it because it's stupid fucking subsidies um so if i'm just like the purpose right, of it being mushroom gravy, gravy pretty much yeah or you know you get you go to like oh vegetable soup it made from chicken broth and it's like what the fuck are you calling it no it's not vegetable soup that's not a vegetarian soup that's fucking god you know uh <laughs> So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'll just fucking, I texted mom and I was like, Hey, what's, what do you, what are your proportions for, um, for making, uh, you know, vegetarian, um, gravy, you know, uh, vegan gravy. She's like, Oh, just do, um, you know, like a two tablespoons flour, two tablespoons, olive oil, make a roux. You know, we mix that together first before you add anything else to it. Right. And you warm that up and then just add the veggie stock and, stir it a little bit low heat and uh, voila and i'd never done this before i don't like to make stuff because i just if it doesn't turn out as good as you can buy it i'm like oh i failed you know and i uh, wasted an hour <laughs> well it doesn't take very long that's the nice thing it's such a yeah. couple of minutes um and i didn't know what kind of seasoning to throw in there because i've never made it before and I'm, I'm like all right salt pepper onion powder and some uh, mccormick's italian seasoning and it was perfect the first fucking time. I didn't have to add anything else to it. It was like the perfect thickness of it. I made a little video uh, of me like pouring it onto this this like a uh, like tofurkey roast. I had that split in half, and I just like let it pour pretty slow, but like took like twenty seconds. I put a fucking video up on Twitter, and it got like four hundred views. <laughs> people just like there there was at least people four love people. food, man. They love food, but there's something mesmerizing about watching like a really thick liquid just kind of like, you know, That's, caramely yeah. kind of pouring out. It's just sort of calming moment of zen. But at least four or five different people commented that they were mad at me because they've made it many times and never got it that consistently smooth and rich and thick and wonderful and, and the color and everything. And they were mad that I did this on the first time. <laughs> so, so that was enjoyable. like luck i've 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 noticed in my in my time trying to you know cook things now i kind of uh, like a kitchen to myself like i'll 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 bake a lot and shit and it's it's really just like i mean you could follow a recipe but half the time it turns out great half the time it's like eh, it's pretty good you know like it's just it's all about the sh- you know the luck of, of how yeah you know, if you're well doing it right i, I used shit. to i used to work in restaurants for about 10 years and that was a very long time ago so i don't remember a lot of it and a lot of them were you know you're working a scratch kitchen you're working off of a recipe and you never really uh learn it on your own you're just following a a script basically um but i did make a lot of ruse right and just just that whole process as simple as it may be or complicated as it may be once you know how to make that really well that's kind of the key to everything else that comes in afterwards. So you mm-hmm. get that right. And uh, apparently that's uh, that's the ticket. 
Nice. Well, that was that was your uh, set, that was your cooking with move left for the week. Um, <laughs> Trying to bring something different to the show every week. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, cooking, uh, now, you know, I, I was trying to make like a Bernie Sanders dietary joke, but I couldn't really think of one. So we're just going to go right into right into the top story for the week, um, because, you know, I think we need to talk a lot of uh, our fellow comrades off the ledge. I think a lot of people are freaking out over Bernie's health scare, and I don't think it's really as significant as people, you know think it is it's been you know i i can't really blame them because i think a lot of people in the media are obviously in their craven disgusting way seizing on it and trying to just add fuel to the fire of like oh well bernie should drop out you know bernie should drop out even though you know he's in fucking second place in all of the polls he's in first place in a lot of the early states he just raised 25.9 million which is the most of any candidate in any quarter this this entire campaign um more than he raised last quarter too by seven million so there you go. Yeah. So, um, which is, by the way, uh, <laughs> I think ten million more than Biden raised. Biden raised fifteen million dollars last quarter, while having no qualms whatsoever with taking corporate money. So that really tells you that the uh, donors, uh, or e- even the donors, are abandoning ship on Biden. It seems like at this point. Um, yeah, I mean they have been for a while, but still, it's it's like people are like, oh, well, Booty Judge got uh, nineteen million. Why is he not competitive? It's like because he got it all from like three people. <laughs> yeah, and Biden's old donors who gave up on Biden, but then they're going to realize that he's not viable soon. So no. they'll funnel their money to Warren. That'll be the next thing that they funnel their money to. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was really disturbing because you know if you if you know what he had, it, he had a couple stents so, put into a couple arteries. Like that's yeah. that's a what upwards of a million people a year have this done? Uh, yeah, I they, they said yeah, over a million people a year have this procedure done. It's it's very, you know, common. It's it's fairly routine. Obviously, it's significant, but it usually you're out in a day or two. Uh and, you know, some people get back to work cuz we live in a fucked up country where you're expected to immediately, you know, <laughs> right after moments after almost dropping dead, get right back up and go to work, but they say people are back to work within a week of of these uh incidents usually. It's it's so basically what happened was he you know, was on a, uh, just his just insane schedule. Uh, I remember last week people posting his Iowa schedule and everyone was like, this is fucking nuts. Like he's doing like four rallies a day. Like this is not normal. Like, you know, we always marvel at his, his endurance for shit like this. And it's like, I, I couldn't fucking do that schedule. I'd be mentally and physically shot. I think after trying to do like <clears throat> a few days of that. So you know, well, he's been I mean, he's been on a roll for a long time. Right. And he knows yeah. what he's capable of and he's not going to push himself further. And Jane's definitely not going to let him push himself further than he's capable of. Um, but it, it was really disturbing to me to see how many people were just fucking vultures about it. Just. Yeah. You, you got some nice complimentary stuff from the other candidates running. Uh, genuinely and then you got. Yeah. Genuine. Nice stuff from like Julian Castro had a really yeah. nice statement. Um Klobuchar of all people had a the, the, the only people I didn't really see much from I, I don't know if Warren I, I think she sent like Bernie's team dinner or something but I, I don't know but like she, but she like Klobuchar something. she tweeted something Did she? okay I don't, yeah I don't but but it. it was like all the people that just despise Bernie that were like 
I, I didn't see anything that was like, I hope he dies, you know, because now people know you can get banned from Twitter for, for well, saying Mr. Weeks like is that. banned from Twitter, so there's uh, there's nobody right. around. But there was people that definitely said like, well, I, you know, I hope he drops out now. Like he he needs to drop out. Like he, he almost died. Yeah. He almost had a heart attack. He almost died. You, this is elder abuse that you're pushing him to keep running at this point. You know, like what? What the, f-? you know, and, and you know that they wouldn't say that shit if they really thought it. Like none of them really no, think of any of those not. things. It's it's because they're like, oh, here's an opportunity for us to pounce on anything we can to make his his you know his momentum look like it's somehow wavering. Yeah. So and you know basically what what it was you know for people that weren't fully aware of the medical details is he had stents in, uh, inserted to open up two blocked arteries, which is you know something that happens. The American diet, unfortunately, is not great. Uh, Bernie Sanders constantly has to choke down the fucking nasty ass fried food from the Iowa, you know, corn fair that he ends up going to where they hand you, you know, like a gigantic corn dog and shit. And they're like, here, eat this. So you're like one of the people. Um, but, but so in any of it, but so he had, you know, some chest pains and they took him to the hospital and they inserted two stents. It's standard procedure for that. And they say, typically when you have that happen, you, people generally feel even better and healthier after that happens because, you have blood flowing through arteries that were nearly clogged shut for months or maybe years, you know, like, so he actually is probably gonna have more energy and stamina once he gets back on the campaign trail. Like that's that, that's the interesting thing about it. Yeah. Um, Did you see uh former Judas Sarah Silverman's tweet? Oh yeah. She had a nice tweet. If I remember correctly, I think I even liked it. What, what, what did it say? As she just said, you know, if, if Bernie was at this on fire with uh, blocked arteries, just imagine how, you know, how much more yeah, yeah. powerful he's going to be now. Um, and of course, <laughs> people were just like, yeah, that's nice. But, you know, we haven't forgotten what you said back at the convention. Yeah. Uh, at least I haven't. Um, I haven't either. No. But I'm being no. ridiculous, I guess. <laughs> um, but no. So, I mean, and yeah. And again, you know, obviously it, it it's a health scare, but uh, he seems to be fine. Everyone says he's doing great. Uh, he, he immediately tweeted about uh, <laughs> how lucky he was to have great insurance. And this is why we need Medicare for all, because if he didn't have great insurance, this could have bankrupted you know, a normal per like a, an average person who didn't have oh, the his, his staff was drafting that tweet while he was on the way to the hospital. Yeah, they were just right. they were like, the minute something goes bad, we're just gonna And he was probably from around. the back oh, make make sure, make sure you mention that uh that if uh, if you didn't have the t- top quality government health care that uh you could lose your home and <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he probably I mean, these, the these people have all that stuff ready already, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, not, not alarming to me because uh, anyone who's in their seventies could have one of these things done at any time, often as a preventative, uh, you know, and, and I, we were just talked about this before the show, it was a Bill Clinton had a quadruple bypass surgery, right? When he yeah. was much, much younger than Bernie Sanders. Yeah. It was like um, 40 something or 50 something. Right. Yeah, I, I mentioned that to my mother, and she's like, "Well, Bill Clinton was was already done being president by then." It's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck does that even matter? Why is she like? Was she like now on the? Oh well, Bernie maybe shouldn't run kind of train. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure that all that's MSNBC is drilling into her. everyone's head. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's just, it's like, well, I don't know. It's just, I'm a little worried. I don't know if he's. 
you know, Jim, I was like, mom, Jimmy Carter beat cancer when he was 94. She was like, yeah, but even Jimmy Carter said he never could have been president in his eighties. He, he, you know, you know, he could have done that. I was like, well, that's, 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 that's not true. <laughs> he, he could say that. But that's so not true. The dude's fucking building habitats for humanity now at 96 years old, whatever he is. Like, right. He definitely right. could have sat behind a desk and made diplomatic decisions yeah, I, way I, better I, than I said to where I was like, look, you, you know, being president is a lot less taxing than running for president. So if Bernie can do this well running for president better than anyone else that I could ever do uh, or yeah. know of. What is he going to do? He's going to fly around a helicopter, right? He's going to sign documents. He's not going to be doing four rallies a day if he's actually elected. How often do you even see Donald Trump like walking? Like not even run, like just walking. Very rarely. He'll he'll occasionally be walking to his plane and like yelling, you know, incriminating things to the media. But like other than that, yeah, he's always, you know, sitting or you know standing at a podium like it's not a very taxing job compared to campaigning you were saying i mean the golfing they don't even walk the course they gotta drive around a little fucking electric cart you you swing a little swing a little bit you sit in in a fucking little cart and then you go to the next hole um but uh what was like oh so uh, you know hillary's been uh out on a press tour lately because uh her latest grift is another children's book that her and chelsea wrote together um (laughs) about gutsy women um and i'm sure they included a glowing chapter about themselves uh but the uh two of them were on the view uh today i believe actually and uh, this is a clip of Hillary kind of, I guess, when they found out about Bernie, like her, what she said about it. Uh, and, and you can really just feel the sincerity from Hillary, you know, for somebody that did 50 plus campaign stops for her, was a colleague of hers for 30 plus years, you know, stood with her when she was fighting for health care back in the early 90s. Um, you can really sense the gratitude in Hillary's voice when she uh, talks here. So I'll play that for you. Oh, you know, you just heard about Bernie. I yes. Send him your best. Yeah. Wish him and hope for the best. Yeah. 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 And if you have chest pains, please go to the doctor. Yes. yes. You know, particularly men, because although speaking. heart disease is more pervasive in women, it's mm-hmm. more fatal to men because men wait too long. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I just am so grateful that Senator Sanders had a chest pain yesterday and mm-hmm. immediately went to the doctor, which is yeah. what we hope any man in our lives would do. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you for being a good example. And yeah. I hope he gets it. <laughs> Did you hear what she said, though, the way that she yeah, said it? Yeah, I'm grateful that Sarah Sanders stuff. had a chest pain yesterday. <laughs> And went to the doctor. Yeah, yeah, and went to. So very telling. I didn't catch that the first time you ran it uh, before the show, um, but yeah, <laughs> they're just delighted that the senator's health is now being questioned and looked after. But you know, just mainly questioned. And and no mention of her fucking husband who had a quadruple bypass at, at a much younger age. Just you know, not, not, like you think like in any other normal conversation you're having with someone where they're like, oh yeah, this guy, my uh, my my buddy got a got a quadruple by or triple by double bypass last week. Oh, really? My husband got a, tr- a quadruple bypass back in the night. Like, there's no way that doesn't come up in conversation unless you just want to make Bernie look bad. Well, unless it's a manufactured conversation yeah. put on television to brainwash millions of Stepford wives sitting home uh, folding yep. laundry every day. Yep. But but you I mean, just just the fucking instance that like, oh, and I certainly wish him all the best. Like she might as well have been talking about Vladimir Putin having a health scare. Like that's the same level of like disdain that she holds for him barely contained disdain in her voice 
Yeah, like just the know, most you know ungrateful motherfuckers. Is we came, he, uh, we came, we saw he died. Like that's what's <laughs> really in her true nature, true natural self. Well, he um, survived. <laughs> I think IPM tweeted, uh, you know, Bernie's such a badass. He survived the CIA heart attack gun. Like they survived <laughs> the fucking <laughs> CIA heart attack gun. I love it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do you remember back uh, when the the Hillary. Uh, I, I don't even remember what story it was. It was some sh- oh the when the Bernie rode on private planes story came out and it turned out it was private planes to get him to more Hillary events and one of the Bernie staffers was like you know the Clinton people are the most ungrateful motherfuckers in all of politics like that was almost the exact quote from a, a Bernie person. I, I'm reminded of that yeah. when I watch a clip like this because it's really true. It, it the disdain is just beyond fucking. They can't contain themselves. Like it's just. Gross. No, they they hate him, and I I hate the whole fakeness of everybody who doesn't like him pretending to care. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like they just want to get their name out there, so they want to you know just thoughts and prayers yeah. for Bernie kind of thing. I like the candidates. I believe most of them are genu- like you know Amy Klobuchar. I can't stand, but I'm sure she's genuine because she is a colleague of his and she's worked with him on bills. But she probably, as a person, likes him. She may loathe his politics or you know disagree. But I'm sure she doesn't like this. Uh, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you would be working around constantly and not like like as a person, even if you disagree with him, you know? Yeah. Like Klobuchar even Republicans is, say nice shit about him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Klobuchar doesn't Klobuchar. seem like she is uh, as much of a D.C. person as more. Le- she seems like more like a state legislature legislator yeah. to me. Yeah. It's like, like I would somebody, like to see her go to one. I, and- yeah, and, and those people, for the most stuff. part, even if they're clueless as to what people need, you can still talk to them like a regular person. Like they're sure. not so yeah. distant from humanity; they can't still uh, function with their brain. Uh, but still, yeah, it, it's just it's like the the they all know the that pundit Bernie's class the cannot right? contain their disdain for him. Yeah. yeah, the pundit class can't stand him. They can't stand that he's so in touch with people. And they are paid to pretend and they don't have a clue what they're doing. You know, the David Brock's out there, the Sally Albright's, the people that are just pure sociopaths who despise people that have regular, meaningful, uh, positive emotional interactions that they can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just gross. Um, but, you know, I, I think he'll be back better than ever. His team's already said he'll be that he'll be at the October 15th uh, debates um which is a clusterfuck in and of itself we'll talk about those i'm sure uh we'll do some we'll do some you know decent coverage of those but what they're doing again this year or this debate rather this month is everyone on the stage at once uh but 12 people qualified this time so rather than do the logical thing of split it into two nights and have six on six you know six people debate one night and six the other night we can really dig down deep and actually get into people's policies and let people have meaningful interactions it's going to be a fucking clown show with even more people than there were in the last debate so you know that, we have that's that to look forward to to me because i was worried they would split it again to keep tulsi gabbard away from biden and warren um having them all on there with with tulsi back on stage after being gone this last time you know it she's got a She's, she, you know, she's going to do something. She's going to take out one of these. Well, she's going to walk on stage to cop killer by body count. Obviously, that's going to be her walk on. So, <laughs> right? No, it's it's. She already took took out Kamala. Ice T's metal but, band. Um, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's Warren is just she's got all these these actual gaffes and, and terrible things about her. But everyone is, you know, the, the 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 people that think of her as Hillary Light as a good thing, uh, you know, something's got to ruin her for them. Right. Like ideally more, more of them would go back to Biden and Biden just crashes and burns and Bernie just fucking, you know, I'm so curious to see. I'm so curious to see where Biden's votes go if, and when he leaves, like that's to me the real, I, you know, it it really could go either way. Like I assume that a good chunk of them would go to Bernie, but you know, it's hard to say because I don't think Biden's votes are like, uh, centrist per se. I think Biden's votes are like not paying attention very much people like people that just don't pay attention, like low information voters, like is probably the good chunk of Biden's votes. So I I imagine, unfortunately, a lot of them are going to go to whoever cable news tells them is the viable candidate, which is going to be Warren. But I also think a lot of them know Bernie better from, you know, just being a more prominent figure and he'll pick up a lot of those. And I think also he'll make his case I just you don't know, think he that. has votes out there. I think it's completely manufactured. When you when you sample people that are fifty years sure. old, there's and some. Older, but even if he's not in first, even if he's in third, realistically, he did, there was a good chunk. I think he's in fourth. I honestly think he's that low in the polls. Uh, if you actually polled all the voters, this, we've we've talked about this so many times. It's when they talk about likely Democratic voters that that's by and large they're only going to call up people with landlines. Oh no! I, I, no contributions question. to the DNC, which is almost nobody, because nobody wants to fucking support the DNC. Yeah, it's a, no, it's it, a terrible sampling. But I, I, I don't think he's like I, I think he's much weaker than than his numbers indicate for sure. I still think that if he drops out, those vote there's a good chunk of votes there to be won, and it's a question of who is going to be getting them. Like I, I don't, he might not fucking make it to the to the like the opening week for a variety of reasons like the fact that he only raised 15 million dollars this quarter is really troubling for the biden campaign do you know when I he mean, got the last quarter i don't think it was much more um i think it's down though i think it was a little if i remember correctly yeah. it was 17 or 18 but the money's drying up and what a lot of people have pointed out is that he's maxed out all the, the, the old fucking fossils in the democratic party that are willing to give to his campaign. You can only give $2,800 as an individual per campaign to, you know, collectively. Right. So well, that's why he needs the super PACs. But uh, yeah, the, the other, the other stat with uh, Bernie's 25, almost 26 million was that uh, 99.9% of his donations are for people that have not topped out yet so they can continue to make donations exactly and i bet you a good chunk uh, of biden's donors have topped out already so that's that's another reason right, why we're seeing his right. numbers dip uh, another one another number i saw is that um of bernie's um well i think it's like 1.4 million people have donated to to bernie now individuals, individuals. yeah 120,000 of those are recurring monthly donations yeah, like, which is incredible. You gotta, if you work on another campaign and you know that there's a guy running that has 120,000 uh, automatic monthly donors coming in, coming that that's like I would love to know the dollar <laughs> amount on that, like what the average is, like because it's got to be more than like five dollars, like three or five dollars a month recurring. Like maybe th- so. Let's just go really low ball and say three. That's that's a quarter. That's a half a million dollars 
every month coming in guaranteed like no you know uh, on top of any no if like you got no other donations that's incredible but um yeah i don't know the the amount of of bullshit that they're trying to pull to prop warren up as like the front runner now is just so unbelievable and the a lot of shit has come out about warren just through you know leftist internet sleuthing because the media never does their fucking job so we need to do it for them um and it's kind of incredible like the, the whole native american thing i think a lot of us like realized that she got fucking duped by trump into doing that dna test and it was a terrible move for her um i also but i don't think i think a lot of people kind of were on the de- under the default assumption that the the kind of whole thing about well like oh she lied to get ahead in her career and said she was native american i think a lot of us initially were just like well that's just right wing you know turning an actual thing into a much bigger thing than it actually is and yada yada the more that people have dug into this it it's really fucking gross the the, the this lie that she's clearly right told this didn't her whole start life when trump started calling her pocahontas as an insult. no she started so, actually citing you know being native american or or to you know by a large degree native american throughout her entire career um yeah. it, it even goes back to her like what is her what was her college even well it went back to college and then harvard uh law school uh touted her as their first uh poc person of color uh staff member <laughs> first poc uh <laughs> professor in, in in the Fordham Law Review, like blonde hair actual, and blue eyes, right? Yeah, the, the whitest fucking person, and and so and every, anytime she's asked about it, she she gives this like fucking phrenology answer of like, well, you know, all the women in my family have very high cheekbones, and my mother used to point to a picture. It, it, she just gets really defensive, and it's very talented. I actually have an audio clip here from, I think it was yeah. a, like a local Massachusetts news show back in 2012. I think this was. I have two clips, but this one's really telling because people don't get this defensive about things that are true. Like, so I'll play the audio from it and we'll, we'll talk about it. Actually, you have it wrong about what it is. I believe mm-hmm. let's, let's start there. Tell us what okay. My mom and dad uh, were very much in love with each other and they wanted to get married. And my father's parents said, absolutely not. You can't marry her because she's part Cherokee and she's part Delaware. And um, after fighting it as long as they could, my parents went off, they eloped. It was an issue in our family the whole time I grew up about these two families. It was an issue still raised at my mother's funeral. So what I know about my parents is I know that in that little town they grew up in, that my father's parents knew enough about my mother and her family. So you have no doubt. To say, I have no doubt. Well, let's assume then that that's the fact, that you're one thirty-second. No, that doesn't tell you. Don't do that. Well, why, why shouldn't I do that? But that is because, the fact, no, is it not? No, it is not. Why not? It's not about the number. There are lots of people who Forget are not enrolled in tribes. Forget the number. You uh, have acknowledged that in that national law directory, you listed yourself as a minority. If your family had an African-American, like you have that mm-hmm. grandparent or great-great-grandparent who was a Cherokee, would you call yourself a black and expect African-Americans to accept that? You mean if... If, if that same, same ancestor was black and not a my, Cherokee. It's not that ancestor. It's if my father's parents had said, you can't marry her because she's yeah, black. Fine, and that had been that part of our family growing up, that we had two different families. You would be comfortable it saying would you're be black? Part, 
it would be part of identification. Scott Brown has said that, uh, Scott Brown, uh, and I put words in his mouth, I don't think I am, he suggests you may have received unfair advantage at Harvard and other, well, let me just finish if I can. You've denied it. Every single person involved in the hiring process, mm -hmm. whom I've heard, has denied it as well. Why don't you go the extra step? So it cuts off there. So, um, yeah. So Elizabeth Warren, the Rachel Dole is all of the 2020 <laughs> presidential election. Yeah. I mean, that was really wow. fucking bad. I, I heard part of that, not that whole thing, but we, when, you know, she says, you know, the, the numbers don't matter. And what matters is that like, don't do that. Just, don't do my, that. My parents, uh, were, my parents were told they weren't allowed to because they were known about like, Oh, so just generations of people were wrong. And that's your excuse that it's okay to keep saying it when you know that, uh, you know, the numbers don't matter. And when she finally did uh, realize the numbers matter and took that DNA test, it was like less than 164th. Yeah. So uh, with the, the one, 132nd would have been generous. Like when, the, when she actually got baited into doing it, it was like something like one, 160th or something. I'm actually trying to look it up now, but. Um, it was actually below average for like a normal, like, like we might score higher with like a score, like a, you know, just random person, um, might score higher than on a, on a test like that. So it was really just, I, I like how, um, even though it's what well, you said, that was 2012 that that came from. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. He still uses the, the phrase a, a black. Yeah. No. Like, well, that guy's probably a right wing, a like black. radio host. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like I think Larry King's the only guy who's allowed to get still say it like that anymore, because um, he doesn't mean it like you know maliciously. Like, no, he's like just 150 years old, so he doesn't know any other. Just term. decrepit crypt keeper of a human being. So yeah, um, that was so that was really like bad, <laughs> like even worse than than she's portrayed uh, being you know portraying it. So here's another clip also from. Uh, a local news show i think it was around the same time where somebody was trying to ask her about it and she's really fucking defensive about this issue and i really it, it doesn't take a genius to figure out why here's another little short audio clip i asked warren if she had anything in the house that reflects her native american heritage i have plenty of pictures they're not for you but she did share some of her favorite memories in her home probably every one of them would be in that kitchen with uh decorating cookies with the grandchildren they're not for you like that's just real like yeah okay um so no receipts yeah you, you yeah here's no receipts. a box of uh family photos going back 80 years and uh, uh just because we all have blonde hair and blue eyes doesn't mean anything numbers don't count so pictures don't count either. another another thing that people dug up was that she wrote uh <laughs> in uh, she wrote a, a recipe right based on a uh, native american recipe that was passed down to her it for a, a native american cookbook called powwow chow it's, it was it's a book of cherokee recipes and apparently people dug up the the receipts on this she put two recipes in there for crab with tomato mayonnaise dressing very obviously a very uh, indigenous indigenous dish and uh cold omelets with uh, crab meat Jules was on right now because she's been <laughs> ranting about how much she hates mayonnaise for like the last <laughs> few weeks now and the two recipes appear to be word for word copies of a french chef's design from a year's earlier copy of the new york times word for word and when you actually look at them side by side they're fucking word for word like it like even in terms of the direct like she just copied and pasted french recipes 
into a Cherokee book. Like she is, it's pathological with her. This, this, this thing. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, the the French did uh, colonize much of uh, North America and uh, <laughs> over a lot of those. Well, she was, she was just keeping up the spirit of colonization with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's such a it's such a weird thing because um, the French weren't really out to like destroy all the native people. They were fine, you know, doing business with them, and um, yeah, they weren't as bad they, as we were. No, but one of the weird things is that they would um, they would name they would they would like basically when they made all their maps of, uh, you know, the Great Lakes areas and parts of Canada and everything that when they named stuff, they would use the like an amalgam between the with the whatever the indigenous name for it was, but they would change it to a French spelling. Right. So you'd get really bizarre uh, place names all around. Like, so, uh, you know, like the Straits of Mackinac, you know, where, where, uh-huh. um, uh, uh, Lake Huron and, and uh, Lake Superior meet. And there's like some, some locks there. Um, it's the only place I've ever heard of where the, the, the word Mackinac, uh, the, where you would expect to find a W at the end of that word, it's letter C. Right. So the, you know, the English language is full of things like that, but I've never seen any place where the letter, uh, letter C is pronounced as a W. (laughs) So yeah. And then the other, like Kalamazoo, uh, Sheboygan, um, just, you know, just tons of place names where you're like, where in the hell did they come up with that? You should go to Liz's home state because I can't pronounce any fucking town name. You know, no. Worcester is, is, is spelled Worcester, basically. Like every one of their fucking cities has insanely uh, simple, like phonetic spellings. And they don't pronounce, they all, they pronounce them, you yeah. know, completely stupidly. Well, then, then there's uh, Walla Walla, how, Washington, which I'm pretty sure is you- exactly how they pronounced it you know, thousands of years ago. Yeah, probably. How would you pronounce W O B U R N Massachusetts? I, I don't know, but I, I did just watch that, uh, Keen Peel sketch last night where, um, uh, what was it? Uh, a, a Ron, uh, is it, is there an <laughs> a, a Ron here? No, I love that. Fucking, yeah. fucking classic. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so it, it's pronounced Woburn, even though it's spelled Woburn. So, you know, they're, they're real fucking geniuses in her home state. Yeah. Uh, not to besmirch any good, any of the good people of Massachusetts who listen to this show, but, uh, you, you guys need to learn how to pronounce things and drive also. That's a whole, that's another, <laughs> but, if um, you are a good person in Massachusetts. You're already listening right now. So if yeah. you're not, there's like five of you. So I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's a good chance you're listening right now. <laughs> Prove your fealty. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, while we're on the topic of Warren, there's a couple other things I wanted to touch on. But that I, I just was genuinely shocked when I started seeing it coming across that stuff where she literally is just Rachel Dolezal. She's like just fucking aping a non-existent native heritage to presumably enrich herself by publishing recipes in this uh, Cherokee cookbook that she stole from a French chef. Like, I mean, that's really fucking weird. This right. is weird. Like, make well, it fuck, make it then, up. Change it up a little you, bit. If you bring up this kind of stuff to to centrists who like Warren, then they yeah. go, "Oh, you're just using right wing talking points. You're just yeah. you, it's like, well, the the fact that it's right doesn't make it a right wing talking point anymore. <laughs> it just means it's factual. It was just that it wasn't it's, it's Hillary all over again, right? Exactly. And, it's like and, just because <laughs> they point out her real corruption doesn't mean we're not allowed to talk about it anymore. You fucking idiots! This is the fucking reason we lost to Trump in the first place is that you let Hillary's corruption slide and 
buried your fucking head in the sand. We're like, whoa, what was wrong with the Clinton Foundation? I, I have no, I, I see no issue with with uh, Hillary Clinton's private foundation taking millions of dollars from the Saudi Arabians uh, for charity. That's totally what right. that was for, and not and my they have no with problem with uh, you know centrist liberals co-opting the racial identities of uh, people who have been historically oppressed. Either they have no problem yeah. with that. That's that's their fucking brand. So Elizabeth and Warren doing that. Is is almost like a like a loyalty test for how much of a centrist Democrat she really is. Yeah, and then she'll send a, a POC surrogate out, which is hilarious because she has her the worst support is is among black voters. But uh, you know, all of her surrogates are are, are meant to to dissuade people from that image because you know she doesn't resonate with black voters for obvious reasons. They find her to be super phony, which she is. You know, she went on the Breakfast Club, and and uh, Charlemagne was like, "So you're basically like the Rachel Dolezal of DC, huh?" And she just had like no fucking answer for him. Well, yeah, and she she um, but you mentioned surrogate, uh, you know, surrogate of color. They did that. They she they she sent somebody out, and somebody said, "Well, you know, this this thing with her aping this." is indigenous identity is going to keep coming back to haunt her, you know? And the guy was like, well, that's, that's ridiculous. It's a, it's a racist question. She, they said there's a tired talking point or right wing talking point and a racist talking point. So it's racist for pointing out that she fucking is white. Basically, yeah. Is white. <laughs> we're the, we are the real racists, not the person who pretended to be indigenous. We are, the, we are the ones who are the racists. you know, and it's the people on the left that are saying like, Liz, this is, this is a liability for you. And this we're trying to like liability. we're trying it's to give be- you a heads up here. We're trying to help you out. And she's like, nope, nope, nope. It'll just go away. And it's like, you really think Trump is going to let this go away? He's going to bludgeon her to death with this. Fucking, yeah, there's no fucking way. And if you think he's going to be impeached by the time the election happens, I don't see it happening. Like, no, no matter how much they either. have on him, the, the process will take longer than the election. Guaranteed. And you know what you can't plan for? That. That's not what you can plan for. Everyone in this race has to plan for taking on Donald Trump because he's the sitting president, and that's probably who you're going to be facing. Yeah. And, you know, and what they've done, and they do this all the time, they did this with the Clinton Foundation. They're just so trained. They're so fucking, it's so drilled into their heads by this fucking CIA consent manufacturing is that they'll call things like that a conspiracy theory. It's like, it, it's not a conspiracy theory when there's tangible evidence of it that you just refuse to look at or report on. You can't just call true things conspiracy theory. Like, the fucking, a, a fucking Democratic congressman was on uh, Crystal Ball show the other day, and, they, and she said, well, you know, congressman, uh, what about the underlying corruption of Joe Biden's son taking $50,000 a month to sit on a board of a Ukrainian gas company despite the fact that he knew little to nothing about gas and little to nothing about Ukraine uh, while his father was an envoy to Ukraine? And, and the Democratic... Uh, representative, I don't even remember his name, was like, oh, well, you know, that's just conspiracy theory. That's a right-wing conspiracy. It's literally provably a true statement. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's a conspiracy. Like, this is this is what they right. do when you point out the corruption of the Democratic Party, which is why we can't have somebody like, obviously, like Joe Biden, but like Elizabeth Warren as well, because she participates just as much as the rest of them, and she, you know, expects them to to prop her up artificially rather than to take her fucking licks now and see where she comes out. Bernie Sanders gets hammered constantly in the press. You think if anybody is prepared to take on Donald Trump in the general election, it's Bernie Sanders because he gets nonstop attacks from the right and the left in the media. And 
they still can't find there's shit no, on there's him. no left media attacking bernie sanders <laughs> there's the fucking centrist liberal well, media. well yeah that's what i mean like the yeah the centrist the, media. the um yeah and then the, the thing that trump's gonna do every day is like admit to more crimes he's committing like just today he was like <laughs> oh china should also investigate him and the ukraine and he's like you he like called report is always like guys come here i want to do another crime come here come here please and he's just, he's just going to like, he's going to keep giving them so much they don't want to do with. Right. And of course they yeah. will, the, the only thing that I've seen that's really interesting was this, um, you know, the Pompeo has now been implicated as being a, a key witness to all this. Yeah, he's might, another fucking be, bungler. Not just be witness, but be complicit in all of it. And he's basically saying, I'm going to take on Congress. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, stop their bullying of the state department, which basically <laughs> he's admitting that he's going to intimidate um, people that are being subpoenaed into not answering questions or to to not make appearances, which could put yeah. them in legal jeopardy too. I th- this is just unbelievable. But so they sent a letter to him already saying if you obstruct this, that'll be you'll be breaking the law, right? And then they just sent another yeah. letter. The 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 heads of three of these committees that are convening for this inquiry sent another letter, not to Pompeo, but to the deputy uh, deputy secretary of state. Like this is the Secretary of State where I used to work, right? Like this, this is the highest cabinet uh, posting in the government. They basically are the government. You can't sue the Department of State. The Supreme Court is beneath de- the Department of State. That's how high up they are, right? But Congress can still subpoena these people for for questioning, and he's bla- he's just saying I'm he's going to break the law as as the highest cabinet level in in the country. I've never heard of anything like this in my life. My, my yeah, they're they're, they're real. <laughs> they're, is... they're real. Fuck. I mean, the Nixon's people didn't do this shit. Like, it, because it, it should. I, it's not even that they were better because they weren't. They're were obviously insane criminals, just like the Trump administration. But I don't think anyone even fathom being like, oh yeah, no, I'll just I'll just break the law. Like I'll I'll just I'll just openly break like like I'll break the law to cover up my breaking of the law. I'll just be like, and yeah, no, I'll totally ignore it. <laughs> to announce it. I mean, th- this is it's. But they know they're not going to get arrested. That's the fucking hilarious thing is that that's it's the weakness of 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 Washington, and I would say the Democrats, but it's all of Washington is just this endless need to for decorum and to be like if we if people like us ran DC, we'd be like, all right, great, throw him in fucking jail until he testifies. Like do it do what they're doing to Chelsea Manning right now. Why don't you throw him in jail until he until he's compelled to testify? Well, you know. and then, but then the scary thing is like, well, if we just start throwing people in jail for every little technically legal thing that people in government do, do we end up in a place like Brazil where this guy got basically railroaded uh, and thrown in jail for pretty mild shit? Uh, and then now we have yeah. a, a open fascist running Brazil that's I think, burning down I think the rainforest. Bra- well, you know, Brazilian... And I'm not an expert. Maybe you know we could talk to uh, Jules about this. But uh, as far as I know, Brazilian power structures are not as balanced as they are in America in terms of like the different branches that would have. Like you know, that was a pretty easy coup for the right wing in, in Brazil to basically pull off. Sure. Like in in America, it would be really hard to get Congress on your side for something like the entirety of Congress, the entirety of the Supreme Court. You know, it would just be an interesting. I don't think that that could run away that much, although I guess we'll find out if Bernie becomes president because they will absolutely try to do something like that. Um, but 
uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's an interesting notion, but but it's just it's just. I, but people that like Pompeo and you know just so brazenly being like, yeah, I'm just going to totally ignore a subpoena. Like there is a jail at Congress, like at, for people to you know go into oh, yeah. if they're held in contempt of 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 the court. Meaning, well, like you were saying, <laughs> Chelsea Manning has been back in jail for over 200 days now for refusing to comply or refusing to testify for this grand jury subpoena. Right. And we don't, yeah. she has no obligation to like the, it's, it's, it's really criminal that they're keeping her in jail over this because you know, she's being grand juries. You can't plead the, I, I, I remember part of her reasoning was that you basically can't plead the fifth in, in a, in a grand jury uh, situation. Um, right. Which, and it, so they're basically compelling her to incriminate herself and or, uh, Julian Assange, because this is all part of their, you know, which actual witch hunt to fucking get back at Assange for, you know, exposing war crimes, for costing Hillary the election, for pick your, you know, pick your thing that the right uh, wing or the centrist wing has an issue with him for. You know, they all fucking hate him. Right. Um, well, I think Trump's reason for going after him is is that, you know, he probably has a bunch of stuff on Trump and also his liability uh, for whatever, you know, the, the information they leaked about the DNC, whether it was actually hacked or whether it was leaked uh, either way. Assange and there's a ton of pressure things. to prosecute sure. him within, the, uh, you know. The, yeah. And, and, and it's also, like, yeah, it's also just a, a distraction too. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just not, it's not going to, take him out of office before the election end of the no, story no of course not so yeah th- that was a long-winded way of saying like they're gonna have to go up against trump and elizabeth warren even if none of this shit existed would get bludgeoned by trump in debates because she's just a fucking not a great speaker she's got weird cadence she's always like uh, well, I, like the, she's the warbly just, thing that drives me nuts. the warbly thing it, it, it's yeah it's really weird she just, and she sounds like an airhead and i hate to put it that way because that's not not to knock women that are blondes with blue eyes but like she just comes off like she doesn't know anything and people say oh she took on wall street how oh they, yeah no she, one actually gives any kind of substantive answer to that well she pressured obama into starting the consumer financial protection bureau which had almost no real significant teeth to it and has been right. totally decimated by uh, his predecessor, you know, to, like a, a month into his fucking presidency. So she, hasn't, she just hasn't done anything, right? Like she talks, she doesn't walk. And, and I'm so tired of people being like, well, but she's just as good as Bernie. It's like, really? Point to a place where that's true. Well, that's sexist. It's like, okay, well, if you can't defend her record now, how do you think you're going to win people over in a general election? Because yeah, no, uh, I guarantee the vast gulf of people who are independents are going to are not going to be enthralled with Elizabeth Warren, maybe slightly more than Hillary Clinton because they haven't been told to hate her forever, um, with good reason. But it's just it's it, they're yeah. they're playing this stupid fucking game. And then they try to say, oh, the, the, you know, like this, this, um, the, the people they're propping up to from Working Families Party saying, oh, they're just as good. You know, we need a, a, a Warren Bernie unity ticket, uh, even though we're not going to support Bernie. Uh, yeah. this, this is one. Oh, you have a, the thing. Up. Yeah, I have, I have the tweets, actually. So Nalini Stamp, who's like the uh, who's been put forth as the face of the Working Families Party because she's probably one of the only 
women of color on the entire working families party board, the 50 people that basically swung that endorsement vote towards Warren. Uh, so they use her as a bludgeon. One other yeah. There's of, of, of like, yeah, probably like 40 something old white guys. Um, but they, but they put her forth to make it seem like anyone who's attacking her is racist and sexist. But, uh, her whole mission in life is to make sure that people think that Bernie and Warren are the same. And that if you don't think so, you're sexist. So this was her thread earlier, uh, thread. Yep. This is happening. If you think there's only one candidate that has a supportive Occupy Wall Street activists, I'm sorry to inform you that some of us, some of us were there from 917. Then she tags a few people, including herself. If you think the establishment is not afraid of afraid of both candidates, DM me. Uh, and I'll tell you what I've learned uh, these past months. Both Bernie and Warren are threats to capital, period. Full stop. Let's move on now. Uh then there's a bunch of other nonsense. I want to I want to show you how much of a threat Liz Warren is to Capitol because I actually have a clip audio clip of her from this week at that um that workers conference that everyone spoke at. The Klobuchar yeah. taught, told that story about killing a duck cat <laughs> with a mini golf ball. Oh. Um, but this is Warren's uh, stupidity uh, from that that conference where she describes. And this is the fundamental difference between Warren and Bernie because well I'll play the audio and we'll talk about it. You know, the way I see it is I get it. There are going to be rich people and there are going to be not rich people, also known as poor people, right? And middle class people and hardworking people. And I get it that rich people may have more shoes than you have. They may have more cars than you have. Shoot, they may have more houses than you have. But they should not have a bigger share of this democracy than you have. Um. You know, there's some chance those two things are related, Liz. Like, if, if, like, she, so this is the problem. She does not see a fundamental issue with people having insane amounts of wealth while other people are living on the streets. Like, she just does not seem to have an issue with that because she's, to her bones, a capitalist. Like she said time and time again. Right. And that is not a minor difference. That is not a, you know, that is not a 10% difference between her and Bernie. That is a night and day difference. And that is... Her saying, I am not going to take on any of these institutions that caused this suffering in this country. I am going to do tweaks around the edges and make capitalism more palatable for the people that are being crushed by it. That's that's who Liz Warren is. Like, that's fucking who she is. In that answer. Right. And it, it's, you know, if you're, you know, recently retired and you've got a couple houses and, you know, three, four cars and your kids are getting out of college and starting to have kids. Like, I get it. You got a comfy life and you see nothing wrong, but you know, the stats are there, right? Like, you know, there's 40 million Americans on food stamps, 40 million Americans can't afford to feed themselves. Right. Uh, 30 million have no healthcare whatsoever. Right. So if you yeah. think that, that those things are, are bad and should change, uh, I get news for you. Liz Warren's not going to change those things. Uh, a, because she doesn't believe in changing the material conditions that, have created the most amount of poverty in the richest nation on earth. And also because she has no chance of actually winning in the general. Um, she just, just doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to, to speak a little bit to the, the, the tweets of the young woman from working families party, I, I was involved in, in Occupy as were a lot of people. And there was two kinds of people involved in Occupy. The people that were, you know, maybe not the most polished, maybe not the most media savvy, but they understood what was wrong with society 
and they were by and large people that would yell about it and yell loudly and sometimes do chants very off key. <laughs> right. And then you had the very educated, very media savvy types where, you know, on their way to becoming a professional, you know, running an, an org somewhere uh, and, and learning how to talk very articulately to the media, to the press, uh, to the police, even should that become necessary in their minds. Um, they saw this thing called Occupy Wall Street and they kind of pulled over and said, oh, this is a great little mass mobilization I can latch on to and use as a platform booster. Uh, and then as soon as, you know, camps got raided, uh, those people were nowhere to be found. They weren't going to stand on the front lines and get their asses kicked by police because they had better things to do, uh, like go get on the, the board at the Working Families Party and say that you're a Occupy Wall Street activist <clears throat> while endorsing a capitalist to the bone. So yep. sorry, but I see right through people like that. Isn't that how DeRay got his start? Like he was, he claimed to be like exactly. an Occupy guy and, exactly. and he's like doing fucking ads for Wells Fargo and Taco Hawking Bell and Doritos. Doritos. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And, and narking on the people who were going to do direct action that was going to break the law because they didn't yep. want, uh, you know, violence to break out. Yeah. I, I know exactly the kind of person that would endorse Warren and claim to be an Occupy, Occupy Wall Street activist who was never fucking there. Who stood by the sidelines? I mean, just 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 think about what was Occupy Wall Street about? The the ravages of capitalism have completely destroyed our society, and we need to fucking fix it. We need to tear the system down. That was the entire point of Occupy Wall Street. Imagine being somebody that was willing to go protest at Occupy Wall Street, and then saying that you support someone like Elizabeth Warren, who is a self described capitalist to her bone, like. That is so fucking backwards for somebody like her to try to. It's it's gaslighting. It's straight up gaslighting. gaslighting. And I can tell you that that this is not somebody who ever did any, uh, was involved in anything where, you know, meetings where cell phones had to be put in a freezer, right? Nothing that would have, you know, gotten anyone in any actual trouble uh, anywhere. Like this is not the kind of person who would ever be involved in a real direct action, uh, stopping oil trains, uh, you know, chaining up to, uh, uh, you know, the, the doors of a, of a bank or anything like that. It's just, it's, there's, there's a fundamentally different kind of person that will put themselves in harm way versus somebody that is just, you know, putting that on the resume because they, they showed up to talk to the media. Hey, look, I'm sure she ran like a Zoom video chat about like T-shirt ideas for Occupy and ways to monetize the brand. Like, I'm sure she was totally involved in that in that end of it. But uh, yeah, no, she not does not strike me as somebody who cares about direct action. Yeah, you you were saying. Well, no, just if you're somebody who understands the concept of direct action and material conditions, et cetera, et cetera, you're not going to support somebody like Elizabeth Warren when you hear her describe her vision for America against somebody like Bernie Sanders. Like it's just, it, it's just vastly different. It's, it's, it boggles the mind how, how, you, how they don't, how they yeah, pretend it, that they don't see that. They obviously do see it, which is why they support her. Yeah. If you're, if your life was fundamentally impacted, um, by the, the, the malicious, reckless, um, venture capitalism of wall street that caused the housing collapse, uh, you know, better than anybody, you're an expert on, on poverty and inequality, Right. And, and I guarantee if that's where you came from right now, you're balls to the wall, full tilt boogie in favor of Bernie fucking Sanders, not Elizabeth yep. Warren. Absolutely. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, you know, we have a lot of weeks of this ahead. Hopefully Joe Biden's going to drop out because that's a really pathetic fundraising number. <laughs> Hopefully it'll just come down to the two of them and we'll 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 have to really yeah, it, it'll out, be but. it'll be the it'll be the top 3 all the way till at least a year from now. Well, I don't know cuz the well, no. So what? It, it you say, well, crazily no, that enough can't, that can't be right. I was gonna say it's crazily like enough summer here because it's it not. does. Yeah, <laughs> it's still. It was like eighty five degrees this week, so I still feel like it's July. We'll be in. That's we'll be in general right a year from now, which is crazy to think about. The yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Super Tuesdays. Uh, let's see, October, November, December, January. Only like like less than four months away. That's fucking terrifying. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, let's say by May, I would predict it's still going to be the top three by May. Yeah. I say, I don't know. Cause I, Biden cannot sustain himself if he's not taking all this corporate money in. And if he's he continues gonna, to look like gonna, a fucking senile, all the superdelegates, they're already doing those superdelegate counts right now saying, Oh, Biden's got 800 delegates and Bernie's only got 200. They're already yeah, doing that it's shit. It's going to be really hard for him to maintain a campaign if he just keeps looking so fucking hapless and lot like a lost, you know, escaped, you know, dementia patient. Like, they it's can be really hard. The media can make it look any way they want. They can hide all that shit if they want to. And they will as they long can. as they can. It's not going to get them the nomination alone, but it'll I make think people the think they're going to jump behind Warren. Conclusion. The, Especially, uh, yeah, if- I mean, they're, they're dithering. Anything but Bernie, right? That's it's like my 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 prediction is that what we're racing happening is that Warren's rising in the polls, Bernie's rising in the polls, and Biden's falling in the polls. Eventually, it's going to get to a point where Biden's down around fifteen percent, and Bernie and Warren are up in the high twenties, and that's I think when the media is really going to kind of give up on Biden to, to and give up on propping him up and work you know, full bore on propping Warren up over Bernie and, and, you know, trotting out these narratives and that, and I think Biden actually can't sustain and won't sustain because he's not going to want to embarrass himself by coming in third in Iowa. Like that would be so embarrassing for Joe Biden, fucking former vice president front runner. Like the, I don't even think I, I got to look up when did Jeb Bush drop out? Cause that's, that's, I think the trajectory for Biden is, is the Jeb trajectory. Um, I don't, I don't remember because I didn't. I didn't watch a single debate they had. I, yeah, just, I, I couldn't. I don't hate myself that much. So Jeb dropped out in February of 2016, which is right like when the primary started. Because I think he didn't want to get embarrassed in the. Uh, yeah, that in, is pretty the, early. So, so that's there's a good chance that Joe Biden drops out before Super Tuesday. Like that would be fucking incredible. <laughs> I don't see that happening, but still, know, again, it's, you know, they're not running for themselves. He's already debasing himself by being there at all, right? Yeah. He, they are willing to ruin their legacy, just completely throw it in the gutter to stop Bernie. That's how much they're afraid of him. You don't have to right. do this, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's, all right. So um, – one more story we wanted to talk about before we got out of here uh, was a kind of a, a bit of a roller coaster of emotions for everybody was the Amber Geiger story. So, you know, people probably remember uh, Amber Geiger from, I guess it was last year uh, that, that, that the incident happened where she year and a month, uh, year and a month. So she came home um, to her apartment after like a, a 14 hour shift and she didn't actually go to her apartment. She went to her uh, neighbor. Uh, was he the upstairs neighbor or the downstairs neighbor? 
I she, she lived she, one floor apart from her, I believe, right? She she lived a floor below him. Okay, so and her upstairs. She accidentally neighbor. parked her car on one floor up, which could just mean that all the other spaces were full, right? And she forgot about it because she was distracted sexting with her. Uh, you know, her her partner on the force was uh, married, but she was having an affair with this guy. Yeah. So she, you know, goes into what she thinks is her apartment, I, apparently, although they said that there was a very prominent red doormat outside of his apartment, which wasn't in hers. There were very noticeable things like dining room tables in his that weren't in hers or vice versa, whatever it was. But so she opens this guy, both of Jean's apartment door and uh, shoots him while he's sitting on the couch eating ice cream, uh, kills him. <laughs> so. You know, that was the story we all heard about, uh, and you can always look at the finer details of that. But so <clears throat> uh, they had a trial, and I guess we all assumed, you know, uh, cops get away with killing unarmed black people constantly while they're on the job. Uh, this they could easily play off as a total accident, and they're never going to convict her, is what I think what a lot of us thought. Um, but surprisingly, a jury did choose to, to uh, charge her with murder. With, um, a, you know, a second degree, third degree. It wasn't. They don't have degrees first. in Texas. They don't have degrees oh, okay. in Texas. So maybe I should talk about this a little bit. So yeah, I've yeah. been doing research on this. So uh, most states have first degree murder, which is premeditated, right? Second degree murder is you you killed them and you meant to kill them, but it was in like the heat of passion where there was no premeditation. Um, whereas manslaughter, and a lot of people are not clear on this, manslaughter is when you do something that kills somebody completely unintentionally. You had no intention of killing someone. Even Jenk on TYT today mixed those things up, where he said, well, I would have voted for it was manslaughter because she didn't plan to do it ahead of time. That's not what manslaughter is. Which is ironic because he's a former lawyer. You think he should know this. but yeah, He's a fucking idiot. Anyway, yeah. so Texas doesn't have that distinction between first and second degree murder. They have uh, just regular murder, which is whether you planned it ahead of time or you did it in a heat of passion. Same crime. The only other kind of crime that's murder that's a higher level is called capital murder, and that's if you kill a firefighter, kill a cop, kill somebody while you're in the middle of kidnapping them, or you kill somebody intentionally with arson, right? So there's a couple of, like, really, really awful versions of homicide uh, that are considered worse than just regular premeditated or killed them, you know. Um, so the thing with this was that, you know, she was she's trained to shoot for the center of the chest, Right. And mass, yep. Yep. And went right through his heart, killed him instantly. Um, she I think made a huge mistake in choosing to testify, right? Because that jury, half black, I think would have acquitted her or would have given her a lesser conviction if she hadn't testified that she A uh did a little CPR, which that that's she basically said, Well, I couldn't do CPR because I was on the phone. And they said, Well, why didn't you put it on speakerphone? Because she was calling 911, right? She's trained to do CPR. And with CPR, you don't stop until paramedics arrive or you revive them. You don't do a little CPR. She also had a first aid kit in her bag with her. Now, first aid kit's not going to do shit if you get shot in the chest with a fucking bullet. But still, it's just, it's like- You make the the effort. You shot the fucking guy. Right. And I listened to the 911 call that got leaked, um, and she is hysterical. She is panicking, um, mostly because she realized the implications. Uh, She she said that she thought it was her house 19 times on the recording. Um, You know, she's pacing back and forth. There was video of her outside the the apartment pacing back and forth on 911. So she's clearly more, you know, she's calling for help for him, 
but she's also calling for help because she doesn't know what to do. And she's texting with her former or her partner. And then they deleted the texts because they knew they were going to be in trouble. Right. So the jury saw somebody very concerned with the consequences and very unconcerned with that man's life who was bleeding to death. Right. And, and, and usually that's exactly why people on trial for murder don't testify because they there's a reason OJ didn't fucking testify in his trial. Like you, you, yeah. you, you just when you when you did it, you're just gonna make yourself look worse. Like you know exactly. And and some <laughs> people question if she really did make a mistake when she walked in there because they said, oh, you, she should have seen that red rug. Well, she's looking at her phone. She might not have noticed it. Fair enough, right? And and I actually almost well, I did. I partially opened my neighbor's uh, door a couple of weeks ago. Uh, one floor below because we have like an, like a, like the main sort of um, um, there's two stairways and I always use the one on the outside of the building. It's, it's like a glorified fire escape slash deck. Right. And it's just easier to get in and out that way. And there's like an outer door. It's not a screen door, but it's like, if your screen door has like a, you know, like the plastic uh, clear plastic portion of it yeah. and it's just a pain to open. So I keep mine, you know, it's like a little, the little, um, uh, air valve on it or so it automatically closes and you pull a little pin out and it keeps it open all the way. And when I left, my neighbors had theirs closed. When I came home, theirs was open. So I thought that was my floor. So I tried to get my key in the door and it didn't work. And as I'm rattling it, the, the door handle just like it pushes open and I realized, Oh, that's not my floor. And I quick closed it before anyone noticed and like stairs, <laughs> right so i believe that that's that's like yes it is very possible. possible sure if your doors look exactly the same to be on the wrong floor i, I lived in a, a building years ago where every floor of the apartment building was painted a different color and if you were on the wrong floor you were like this feels weird like it just it looks like all the doors are the same but the colors are all different so you would know immediately so i you know and then they said that the um you know, the, the, the strike plate on the door was screwed in too far, which bent it slightly, which caused their doors not to close all the way. So that was my thought was if her key doesn't work in the door, wouldn't she know right away? But apparently it, it was, it was like a, Open. like a fop card, you know, like a key, like a hotel type thing, not an actual regular key. Yeah. So she, she plugs it in there and the door was slightly ajar. Uh, and then she thinks I'm unlocking my own door. She still, her confirmation bias is telling her that's her apartment. Right. And I think that's yeah. really the, 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 what it came down to was there was three major forms of confirmation bias that she had there that caused her to, to kill him. One, I think was just her casual racism because we saw like well, all of her Pinterest posts. Well, um, so that was the other, yeah, let's talk about that real quick though. Sure. Uh, be- because that, that was something they brought up at trial because she really portrayed it as like, she's the innocent victim and she feels so horrible for his family uh, you know, turns out when you actually look into her social media history, she posted really fucking racist bullshit on Facebook, on Pinterest, which is like, you know, <laughs> not typically the place you expect to find racist memes, but I guess they exist everywhere in this yeah. country. Well, but she is like I the stereotypical. To, yeah. Yeah. I want to describe a couple of them. Um, one of them oh, was uh, a, a meme mocking uh, Colin Kaepernick. Another one was a meme saying, I wear black all day for your funeral. Another one said, you know, you don't know how hard it is not to shoot all of you people. Right. So those taken together. Kind yeah, of so she's the fucking piece of shit racist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and she would, of course, be the kind of person that says, I'm not racist, but like that kind of racist. So y- there was nothing about like killing black people, but you hate Colin Kaepernick for 
for some reason. Uh, yeah, some you, you make jokes about shooting people. The, the the grossest thing about this was all of these all these memes she was saving to a folder she made on on Pinterest called "Love to Laugh." <laughs> you know, love to laugh. Just casually joking about murdering civilians uh, in my job, where yeah. I get to carry a fucking gun and. The other really uh, telling one was um, she was working security at a MLK Day parade and she was joking. People were somebody, her partner, whatever, was texting and saying, well, when are you going to be done? She's like, "Uh, when MLK is dead. Ha ha. Oh, wait. So, yeah, she was. And not that I care, but like she was having an affair with this guy, too, which is why it was extra sketchy that she texted him when this all went down, you know, rather than trying to save his life. Yeah. 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 So I, I, just to, to, to get to that racial bias, right, I think a lot of people think, well, unless somebody says they hate black people, then they can't be racist. And we know that's not true. Uh, I, I think for her in this situation, it's, you know, what she did was a product of very uh, a total lack of awareness for one. Well, there's inherent bias, but, too. Is, is Yeah, inherent, inherent bias, but it's, it's the subconscious racism. It's, it's they the actually, fear of somebody you see a dark figure in a room and you instantly realize they're black. She's going to react differently than if somebody would say a white woman, mm. if she'd walk in on. Yeah. And they actually do testing for things like this. Not that they actually use it to pick police, but which they fucking should, but there are, you know, there is, a, there are degrees of inherent bias where you instantly see a black person and are afraid. And if that's more so than if you see a white person. Yeah, there's a traffic study. So they did a study with uh, people trying to cross like a a striped crosswalk, you know, like not not at an intersection where the light is turned, but one where it says, you know, stop for pedestrians. Mm -hmm. And it's got like the zebra stripes, right? Uh, Drivers were 60% less likely to stop if the person trying to cross was black. That's unreal. That's great. That's such a fucking high number. Like, my God. That is huge because they're afraid if they they have a subconscious fear that if they stop and let a black person cross, they're going to walk up to them and ask for money or try to clean their windshield or just, you know, try to carjack them, like whatever. Yeah. Any, like any racist that's, shit you could imagine, yeah. You know, and that's just, that's insane to me. Like, I am I ride around my, on my bike and I'll, I'll come up to crosswalks like that and people are waiting and cars are not stopping and I can tell. And I'll like cut over and block the the car lane too to force the cars to stop to let people cross on their fucking feet. How many times like people like, try to swerve around anyway to be fucking? Oh, assholes, they I'm they sure. don't because I fucking make you know when you when you've done enough big bike rides you know how to cork an intersection in a way where the car can't get around you, yeah. right? So I, yeah, I do shit all the time like that if I see an opportunity to because <laughs> me and pedestrians are solidary. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, but the, and that's the point is like. If you walked in your house and somebody was sitting on your couch, a bl- like a black guy, like our immediate reaction wouldn't be, how do I subdue this person immediately? It would be, um, are you in the wrong place? Like my, my, I would be like, uh, uh, hi, are you in the wrong place? Like, you know, now if that well, person had a weapon, that would be a different story. In, but like, in, yeah. in that she is an armed police officer. The second bias is the way that police are, are trained to view anyone who's a threat. Now, what what didn't make sense either was that the training says if you think someone's in your home or in a place that you're not they're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to engage them by yourself. You're supposed to back up, establish a perimeter, call for backup. You don't go in there alone. So her her bullshit line that she feared for her life 
completely contradicts what her training should have told her to do in that moment if she was actually afraid. Right. So, and again, he's sitting on his couch eating ice cream. Like he's sitting. Like, what threat could he possibly pose to you? Like, even in the most extreme situation, you just pull out your gun and say, "Let me see your hands." Like, don't you know? Don't move. Like, what what is the instinct to immediately take out your gun and start shooting people unless you're a fucking racist who well, sees all the, black people as inherent the, threats? Like, that's... Right. So then the third bias was that she was part of a unit that did backup for SWAT teams. So she's not oh. physically kicking down doors herself, but she's part of the team that's there to back up the guys that are going in there with machine guns and battering rams to break down doors. And she had just gotten done uh, with a raid where they had arrested three people in a house. So she's by herself, but she's just gotten done, you know, being in this very uh, fraternal atmosphere of, you know, high fiving each other, patting each other on the back for for busting heads. Right. And she's still in that zone. She's still very much in that zone of I, you know, I I, see the doors open to my home and I can hear somebody inside there. I want to take this motherfucker out because she's just been in that that environment. So she's amped up from that right so there's there's two different levels of sort of police bias and then that racial bias and then just the bias that she believes it's her home right she's not checking her own bias in this moment and things are probably happening quicker than she realizes and she reacts she reacts the way she's trained she reacts to something unfamiliar she's she's confused and she only fires two shots you know if, if she had unloaded on him i might think okay she maybe that was a crime of passion yeah but she only fires twice, and I'm pretty sure she realized after immediately after shooting those, those two rounds, that was the moment it, she realized that wasn't her house. Because yeah. they, I mean, she stopped firing at that point. It's right? just so and, funny because, like, that would be my immediate instinct is if I walked in to a place that, especially if I lived in an apartment where there were multiple apartments and there was somebody else in that place, I'd be like, oh am i i must be in the wrong place like that would be my immediate first instinct not this person is in my house like you know like that would just be so and not they, my they, immediate they first train instinct. that out of people they train that out of yeah. people in the police to not second guess yourself to think that you are right everyone else is wrong you have a badge you have the gun you have the authority to do whatever you choose to do you know based on the situation even if there's training that says otherwise if you think that this is the better thing to do in that moment then you go for it when, you know, and this is also the dehumanization and the dehumanizing culture of, of police. And this is, we see shit and we talk about the IDF all the time, but it's really just any military, but especially an army like the IDF where you're conscripted from, you know, you have no choice. You just, you have to serve in the IDF and they, they teach their soldiers to think of Palestinians as like subhumans, like they're fucking animals. Like, to be herded and caged, which is exactly what they do to them. And it's exactly how they treat them, which is why they have no problem shooting fucking medics and journalists and first responders and, you know, people, children that are fucking, you know, just at the protests, not. So when you, when you're taught to view somebody that way, that's your immediate for, what do you do if there's an animal in your house? Your immediate first instinct is contain them. And if you have, you know, not that your immediate instincts is to shoot them, but if you're someone who's a cop and who has a gun, that would be your first instinct is, you know, uh, neutralize the situation. So that's the way they're fucking taught coupled with the fact that a good fucking chunk of the people on the police force are really fucking racist. And they share, you know, memes around and they're constantly making jokes to each other. And there's that toxic culture of 
generally accepted above the surface racism that just seeps into your fucking being. And so all of that factored into what happened with Amber Geiger. Like that's, that's all just culminated with that. Yeah. And I had a lot of doubts about her story until I, I got to see more of the evidence the same way the jury did. Um, and a lot of people had questions about things and I, I did my best to kind of answer stuff when I saw people online that were, you know, wondering like the, uh, the castle doctrine, similar to a standard ground law. Um, the judge who was a black woman allowed the jury to consider that as one possible, uh, legal defense for acquittal, you know, that, that, um, you know, having, having this, what they call a mistake of fact and believing that it was your own house could be an acceptable, uh, thing to acquit based on. Right. And people were like, why would the judge do that? And, some other actual legal experts looked at it and said, well, uh, this basically gives the jury the most amount of leeway in order to prevent an appeal from being filed. She's making this case appeal proof. Right. And essentially, if you appeal a case, it's not just I don't like the ruling. I want to appeal it. You have to appeal on some kind of procedural grounds saying that the previous trial didn't allow some bit of evidence that was crucial or didn't allow the jury to deliberate all the different possible options. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it was, it, it's just, you know, it, so, oh, okay. But so in any event, you know, it, it was very surprising that they actually got a murder conviction. Um, but you know, the sentencing could have gone anywhere from five to 99 years, I believe for the, for, for the, that's right. Crime. Yeah. And, um, you know, in, in typical fashion, because she was a cop, she got a much more lenient sentence than uh, anyone else in that situation would have gotten. I, I, I'd like to think she got 10 years, um, but with good behavior, she'd be out in five. I think you were saying eligible for parole, eligible for parole. Uh, which after a, serving a cop in jail of the is sentence. absolutely getting out, you know, the first parole okay. hearing. I'm sure. I'm sure. Unless she like needs to join a Nazi gang for protection and just goes <laughs> yeah, well, crazy with it. But welcome with uh, open arms. Other, I'm sure. The other thing she did during testimony that was really questionable was she. They reported in the news that she was crying a lot during the testimony. People looked really close and were like, "She's not actually crying. She's hiccuping. She's scrunching her face up, but she's not even. She wasn't even no able to, to come up with white tears." for how bad she felt <laughs> right now when she got sentenced, then she actually cried. But uh, yeah, it, it just, it, it, it read to me like she been coached on how to show remorse mm -hmm. um, and just wasn't very good at it. The only thing that made me really believe that her story was legit and that they're just, and I'm sure if the, she could have come up with another story, she would have um, was that nine one one call because yeah. she's not smart. Right. She's not yeah. some mastermind and, and like a detective who can plan evidence and all this stuff. She's freaking the fuck out and almost hyperventilating on the phone call. So, I mean, that to me tells me like, OK, there might be a few details that are the truth's been stretched. But she walked in there thinking it was her house. She overreacted. She didn't take a moment to, to pause. She acted out of, out of pure instinct. Um, very, very charged. Um the other thing during the sentencing, and this all just happened within a week. The whole trial was only six days. They sentenced her the day after she was convicted, like very swift 
justice down there in Texas, um, <laughs> which which I'm sure is not designed for cops. I'm sure it's designed. No, for, it's designed for, to black black kill black people as much <laughs> right. as quickly as possible. Exactly. Before they can appeal anything yeah, yeah. Um, w- was that during the uh, sentencing hearing, you had all these people coming up to testify to her character. And a lot of her, you know, shitty conduct record was presented as well. But the brother uh, of this young man who was murdered, very deeply religious, was very obvious. And he uh, got up there and said that he didn't want her to go to jail at all, that he wanted her to turn to Jesus. And then he wanted to hug her during the court hearing. And he asked the judge permission. And the the judge didn't answer at first. The judge was like, uh, and then he he said, please. And you could tell this kid's starting to like break down and cry. And understandably for somebody who's, who's like deeply, deeply Christian, the act of forgiveness is not about the person being forgiven. It's about how you let go of your anger and hatred as, as part of your own grieving process. And I certainly respect that in that moment. You know, it's a very emotional. But what moment. the fuck dog? Like what the fuck? Like I, 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 no, I, 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 yeah, he's not thinking about the politi- political ramifications of how it looks outside that courtroom. It, he's but d- that shit never happens when it's the other way around. When it's a of fucking black not. defendant and a white jury or a white juror or a white, you know, like victim family, you know, family member. That fucking never. And the fucking judge, after she was sentenced, went and hugged her and gave her a Bible and was like not crying a, with her. So technically, that I, I watched the whole clip again, right? Because I hadn't seen yeah. the video of the judge. When the judge walked over, walked over to to give her that, she didn't lean down to hug the girl. The girl stood up and abruptly wrapped her arms around her, and the judge wasn't really ready for it. And, but she mm-hmm. was like, "Okay, since we're doing this whole restorative justice thing now, apparently in my courtroom, she just went along with it." But the the judge did not initiate that hug, as as was reported. Um, but, but yeah, still, to, to your I mean, to, to your show point, that compassion, like it's exactly, and, and I think that that's that's very much a part of you know, being deeply religious and black in the South is having to come up with a, a, a mechanism of apology for white supremacy that nobody else would ever be expected to. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I get it. It's, it's like, Oh, look how wonderful. But like, I, I, I don't want to see the green mile moment in real life. You know, I want to wow. see people angry at this injustice. Right. And, and, and the mother was very, the mother was like, I want to done that. <laughs> the father was like, yeah, I would have. <laughs> so like, even within one family, you have different views, yeah. but still there, there, nobody has had to apologize to their oppressor more than black people in this country. It, it's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's obscene. So on the one hand, I understand the, the personal emotional moment this kid's going through who lost his brother and knows he's never going to talk to the, you know, never going to see this woman again, probably ever, if not for a very long time. And he needs that emotionally. Right. But at the same time, there's millions of people watching that going, what the fuck are we doing to to this this fucking cop that murdered this guy who's yeah shedding her white tears? Let's go make her feel better. Like yeah. that's like what the ugh. fuck? Yeah, I, I think he didn't really think about the optics of it. And it's like, dude, like, and he shouldn't have to. I don't want him to have to worry no, about I know, the, I know, the, the I know. political implications of it. But 
But his mother should have fucking grabbed him. Like, you sit your fucking ass down. Like, what are you doing? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to blame him. I know. I'm not trying to blame him. But, like, God, what the fuck? What? Yeah, what is with this? Co- but that's, I mean, that, we're not going to start getting into religion because we could talk so about that for you remember minutes, the But, like, it's what if you remember the um, notion, the, the photo that went viral like five, six years ago of the, the little black kid <laughs> hugging the, the white cop? Do you remember that? <laughs> Isn't that the yeah. cop that later uh, shot the an armed black kid, or was that the dancing? No, cop no, no. no. So this, so that that uh, photo went viral, um, and I was I was out there on the west coast at the time, and I I, I had seen that kid before, um, and I, I'd seen that officer before, although I don't recall his name or at all. Uh, and people were in the actors community were like, what is this cop hugging? Like, cause it wasn't that the kid yeah, hugged yeah. the cop that we were mad. It was like the media trying to sensationalize it and, and, and get as much, you know, as many page clicks out of it, out of this one photo. Um, and it's, this is on somewhat unrelated, but this kid was one of six, um, young black children who were adopted by two white women is, uh, this, uh, lesbian couple who were married and they uh, were constantly putting videos and photos of these kids up on the internet, you know, and at the, in the same time though, their friends noticed that the kids had uh, never, were never allowed to go play outside and that they all looked like they were severely underweight and much shorter than they should have been for their ages and these were three kids from one family and three kids from another. So they weren't, they weren't all genetically related. Right. And then, uh, civil services, child protective services got called on them, um, by their neighbors because the kids were complaining to the neighbors that they weren't being fed and were asking the neighbors for food over and over, like not just on one occasion. So the child protective services goes to do a, a, a door knock warrant. And the, the family's van is home, but no one answers the door, right? Two hours after they leave, the entire family leaves with a bunch of suitcases. And they were never heard from again because the two mothers packed the, the van full of the kids, drove it down to California to the highest cliff over the ocean they could find, and drove it off the cliff and murdered the kids. Jesus Christ. And you've told me yep. that story before. That's fucking yeah. and, so insane. And, because so many people knew them as this loving family, everyone refused to accept that it was deliberate murder. And I was like, nope, that was, that was intentional. And I lost a bunch of friends because I said that. And it turned out investigation found out accelerator was floored at the time. And yeah, I mean, given the circumstances, how can you say it's anything other than that? Like, well, <laughs> you could say it just, it accidentally went off the, off a cliff, but it didn't yeah, but because like fleeing they, from child protective did, services, right. like, they did forensics and the tire track showed that it pulled off to this little ledge and sat there idling before it mm-hmm. took off off the yeah. off the cliff and killed everybody. So it's not like they can't tell these things. So don't I know you hippies yeah. are all stoned and understand forensic science is actually a part of solving cases, but it is right. Uh, but yeah, so just this idea that, you know, this 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 very performative like, oh, the, the hit kids hugging the cop and forgiving the cop and forgiving. It's like this. And then it looks all fine and good. And then even with the liberal hippie lesbian adoptive moms, nope, we're going to kill our kids rather than, than face the, the embarrassment of having them taken away from us for, for being terrible parents. I mean, look, 
at the end of the day, the police are the enforcement arm of capitalism and the enforcement arm of fascism and are all, you know, descended from the slave patrols from, from, you know, the 1800s like that. We can directly trace state trooper lineage back to the slave patrols. So that's why they exist. And that's why when people talk about abolishing police, it's not saying like have no one there to protect anybody, but it's about completely blowing the system up and starting from scratch with a much different system of accountability and a much different system of recruitment. And, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, at the very least, why was she armed off duty? This rule that says that all police have to be armed at all times, even when they're off duty, go go to Google right now, anyone listening to this and just type in the words off duty officer shoots and look at how many, how many hits you get how many results you get from police that committed murder, not even while they were doing their job, just while they're off duty, got in an argument, drunk, got, drunk cop rear ends somebody and shoots everyone in that car. Cause he doesn't want to be embarrassed that he, he was the one that caused that accident cause he was drunk happens all the fucking time. Right. So <laughs> just, uh, just to read the top couple Google headlines from the last three days of, of uh, September 25th, September 23rd, September 26th, or not three days, like the last week or so. Uh, California Costco shooting. No charges against off-duty officer who fatally shot a man three months ago inside a Costco store. <laughs> off-duty cop shoots himself in a shoots himself in a road rage incident in San Francisco. There's an improvement. Off, <laughs> off-duty LAPD officer will not be charged in the fatal shooting of an unarmed man inside. A, okay, that's the same one. Um, yeah, there's like four or five Kansas City police off-duty. Uh, yeah, so it's just yeah, it's all the time. <laughs> Right. So I get, you know, you get off your shift, you want to unwind, have some drinks, but you're still, even if you're in, in, in uniform or out of uniform, they're still armed. They're still lethal. They're, if anything, they're more lethal when they're, you know, when they're off shift. So, you know, the, there, there was some great reporting and great writing about, you know, the sort of the outcome of this trial, especially the sentencing hearing, talking about this, this notion that, you know, the, the first thing we should do is disarm police that there should only be a very select few police that have guns that having every single cop having a gun is why we have all these fucking murders happening. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's that's a very a really good idea. You know, they don't all need to be armed. Right. And then they would say, Oh, well, we'll we're, we're not protected. We're not protected. Well, it's like, well then don't have every single cop <laughs> respond to every single situation. Right. I, you know, if, if somebody's showing up to take down an incident report, they don't need to be armed, right? Only have certain cops have the tools to do certain jobs. This idea that every fucking cop on the force is has a license to kill is what is getting people killed that shouldn't be getting killed, right? And they even definitely the stormtroopers had different duty. classes of stormtrooper. You know, I mean, come on, even even ah, the fucking no more toys. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just, it even some of them had like jetpacks and no blaster. Like you know, it's just you, you don't you don't have every doctor know how to do brain surgery. Right. So why do you have every cop riding around with a, with a fucking AK or AR 15 in the back of their SUV, which is like, I don't, I don't even police, police forces don't even have cars anymore. They all have SUVs and they all have, you know, it's just like, it's a fucking military at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've, you know, they, they, they passed that bill, uh, during the Obama administration, actually, where they would just sell surplus military equipment to uh, police departments, which is why you see fucking tanks rolling down the street in places where people are protesting uh, cops shooting unarmed black people, like in Ferguson. And, oh, you yeah. know, I remember, didn't they rescind part of that where they had to 
the um, like certain police departments of, of a smaller size had to give back like the the armored assault vehicles that they'd gotten. <laughs> I think they tried to rein it in, but then I think Trump kind of uh, unleashed it again. So I'm oh, sure I'm that uh, every podunk police department has a fucking you know anti aircraft tank in their fucking you know barracks at this point. Oh, and um, then you see what they used it for. It was it wasn't for uh, you know terrorist situations. It was to to put down people peacefully marching in the street in Ferguson, yeah. And then launching barrages of tear gas at them and, and explosive canisters and rubber bullets and yeah, it, yeah it's they, just, they all it's, got fucking amped up and they got their fucking tanks out and their fucking Gestapo uniforms and they listened to Metallica and they went out and cracked some fucking skulls. Like what what do you think they're gonna do? Show up with all that fucking equipment and just stand there and do nothing? Of course not. Like that's what when you give them that kind of a tool, that's what they're going to use it for. They want to use their cool new fucking toy. Like that's you know, so kind of macho bullshit. That's the that's the the blatant face of fascism and white supremacy. But getting back to this case, you know the 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 social conditioning that tells uh, you know a, a young young man that he he should go forgive and hug the white woman cop that murdered his brother in his own home. Like that's, that's the other, that's the, the legacy of white supremacy that I think a lot of people saw when that happened yeah. in that courtroom. And we we're, were just disgusted by it. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, that's, regardless yeah. of what that kid was feeling, a lot of other people were feeling that too. Yeah. It wasn't about him. It wasn't blaming him. It's just, it's just the, it's just what that moment, implied for a larger and and the the expectations of on him in that moment it's just like that's fucking so gross yeah i mean i i I think that you know five years in jail for killing a person is you know if if it was obviously intentional she said it was intentional that she shot to kill i mean that's that's why there's no way you can say it's manslaughter because she shot to kill that's obvious yeah uh you know so she did not did not kill him with um, any kind of pre-planning based on the facts of the case, but she still meant to kill him, right? So in, in any other state, it'd be second-degree murder, right? Yeah. And I, I think that there there is a slight level of justification if you did really think that's your home, right? You have an obligation to de-escalate morally, but legally, unfortunately, you don't. You can shoot anyone you don't want to be in your home <laughs> in almost every state in this country, I believe. But, uh, you know, 10 years that that if she had to serve that much time, I think that's, you know, probably not justice, but it's getting closer. We know that she's probably only going to do five. But, you know, going to U.S. prisons doesn't change anything. It doesn't rehabilitate, rehabilitate anything. She's going to no, be miserable every fucking day yeah. and she might turn to the Lord a little bit. But do you think it's going to make her any less racist? You know, is it going to bring back this kid that got killed? No, it'll no. make her more racist because she's going to be around the worst elements of society from every race. And, you know, because we unfortunately lock up disproportionately black men in this country, she's going to be around a lot more black people who are in jail for, you know, legitimate crimes and bullshit crimes like drug possession. But it's going to probably radicalize her more. She's going to come out like a fucking skinhead, I'm sure. Yeah, that's going to be you know. Orange is the New Black. It's going to be uh, Pensatucky. <laughs> Reminding me of that character repeatedly throughout yeah. that trial. But yeah, so. if we had a prison system that was like Norway, right, where it's like 20 years max and they actually like force you to confront what you did 
and you live in, in mm-hmm. a, a, an apartment basically that is uh, nicer than any college dorm I've ever seen in my life. They treat you like country. a human being. Yeah. You're not treated like a cage. Right. They animal. treat you like a human being in order to force you to confront that you rob someone else of their humanity. Like yeah. they really, really rehabilitate people by not punishing them uh, nearly so severely, but allowing them to see their victim as a human being that they wronged. That was actually one of the most incredible things from, uh, what was it where to invade next the michael moore documentary that yeah. uh, i think it was like 2014 that came out where he went to these prisons in like norway and he was in a kitchen with a guy who was in jail for murder and the guy's in there and he's got access to a whole butcher's block of knives and he's like cooking up you know food and it's like it's just such a different so you're not allowed to leave the prison but you're you know not kept like a fucking caged animal and you're actually they actually work to rehabilitate these people and they have a much much lower recidivism rate our system is designed for recidivism because it's a fucking for-profit prison system i mean it's it's again it and this is, brings us back to fucking i don't, where, I don't remember where, was it that that um the the guy that killed uh 90 kids on that island where what country was that I don't remember the the the, um, the Nazi that went a, to the island dressed as a cop with a machine gun New and Zealand? shot all the kids. No, no, no it, it was it was Sweden or or Norway. It might have been Sweden. They the they did point. say that they were probably going to change the law for that one particular person to keep him in jail. Sure, there's forever. some people, but I mean, largely ninety percent of the people that are in prison right now are serving outside sentences over crimes that aren't worthy of being considered crimes like drug related crimes because fucking pot's legal in a bunch of states in this country now or over you know petty theft and things like that where they should not have been got you know given the 5 10 15 or you know maybe life sentences depending on a yeah, third strike thanks for that Joe Biden. that voted while disenfranchised and went back to jail for five years for it I mean, that, that's that same amount of time for voting. the same amount of time, on time that fucking Amber Geiger, Amber Geiger is going to serve. Yeah. 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 So fucking such a horrible system we have in this country. It, but um, yeah, I, I'm amazed that she got uh, convicted. But I think as soon as we heard conviction, we got our hopes up that you're going to see like an actual just sentence for homicide. Yeah. And, well, you know, five years out of a 10 year sentence that she's going to serve like that's, you know, I really hope that that the kid giving her that hug turns something on in her head that is actually going to change her, if anything. Yeah, I mean, I doubt it, but I hope so too. <laughs> um, well, you know, you know I mean, sometimes it's that it's that thing, it's that thing that you think is not going to happen happens, and yeah. it, it something you, you're she's in this highly emotional state. And then this guy does something that I'm sure she did not expect like that. And and no one else expected stuff like that can, can alter your brain chemistry when something pivotal happens, when you're already in a really emotionally vulnerable place like that. Yeah. But if nothing does, I mean, so what it it's, it's not like people didn't give her a chance, you know, they, she swore an oath to protect people and she didn't do it. She killed him instead. Well, you know, there's 17,985 cops in, in the U.S., so uh, if we did fix her, then that's uh, 17,984 to go, I guess. So we're, we're, we're on the right, we're on the right Wait, track. How, how many cops did you say? There's at least 40,000 just in New York City. 
Oh no, um, excuse me. That's agencies. They're that, that that's I guess different departments. So yeah, there's probably hundreds of thousands. I don't even know how many. So all right. Yeah, there's so yeah, a lot more cops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, we have I all but one to go. Is basically what I mean. <laughs> I um I was I was looking up uh just in doing research for this. I was looking up you know is it like I, I, we talked about how there's forty thousand New York City police, which was like more than we had in Afghanistan. Not that that's a good thing. Um, but it, it's, that's so much more like, uh, Chicago has, uh, I, I want to say like 12,000, even mm. though it's the third largest city, LA has only 9,000 police, even though it's much larger than Chicago or, or at least a million people larger than Chicago. But interestingly, they have, uh, a much higher civilian staff than Chicago does. So apparently, like, the union's better in Chicago and wants all the police work done by actual police, whereas in L.A., their union's not as good. And, like, half the half the paperwork's done by civilians that aren't sworn officers, something like that, apparently, I'm guessing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, like, it, 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 we got too many cops. We got too many fucking cops. Not enough teachers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, don't tell Kamala that. She'll, uh, she'll mock you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to. If she's a real cop, she's already listening to this podcast. It's true. Um, Wireless wiretap. Yeah. Well, so to uh, end things on a slightly more positive note, uh, Trump an hour ago tweeted out, uh, apropos of nothing, uh, although I'm sure she probably tweeted something at him, uh, AOC is a whack job, uh, although he spelled whack, (laughs) W-A-C-K, job. Uh, so Bernie quote tweeted him and said, uh, it's going to be a real pleasure defeating you, which is, which is pretty <laughs> fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, which so, I'm sure yeah. Yeah, that's a staff tweet anyway, but still. No, but they have to approve shit like that with him. They, you know, they're not going to tweet, you know, but, but in any event, you know, it, it's just good to know that they're clearly still focused and have their eyes on the prize and aren't letting this slow them down in any way. And they're just going to plow right through, uh, plow right through this out the other side you know, i just thought of something if you if you spell whack job w-a-c-k job and that like the mob taking you out yeah i don't know who knows he's a fucking he's a <laughs> moron he doesn't spell anything right I a little, little bit of an implication there his his subtle death threats to the cia agent whistleblower as well as aoc today apparently yep Ugh. yep just such a prick well i'm sure we'll have more news on him next week um but yeah, that about does it for us this week. Uh, if you want to support the show, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That uh, helps out the show. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots. We are on uh, Patreon. If you want to support the show that way, you can go to patreon.com slash move left. If you want to pick up, pick up any merch for the show, you can go to tinyurl.com slash move left merch. Uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I am on Twitter at smart collector with an ER, not an OR. All right. And we will see you next week.
there's insanity in the control room tonight.